10 things I pray for in terms of Anthony Luther Gill. Let's start with number one, salvation. Salvation of my son or all my children with salvation. Two, financial success. Three, making godly decisions. Four, finding a saved wife. He that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. Five, lead as a spiritual leader to wife and family. Six, health and well-being. Seven, to be an example to others. This leads into number eight, lead others to Christ. Nine, don't be influenced by entertainment industry. I know that's the industry that he's in. Ten, be the influencer from a true Christian perspective. Five things I pray for in terms of our future as a family. Number one, that we seek God always and continuously. Two, support the ministry. It's a huge part of our lives as a family. But three, for the future, continue to remain committed to each other. Well beyond my years, when I'm gone, that that love and commitment to one another will be sustained. Four, support one another's success. Not to have any jealousy among the siblings and their offsprings, but rather support each other's and their successes uh, and no jealousies. And number five, never fall out or allow divisions come among our family. Like, why were those things important? Those two things. One, it established a healthy and wholesome relationship with God and our Savior Jesus Christ, because we are a family and, a, and people of faith. And two, we are committed to one another as families, not just now, but in the future as well. Family is everything. introduce you and then I'm gonna go ahead and let you do your thing. So um so ladies and gentlemen this is uh Anthony Gill and I'm doing another uh, another podcast on my birthday uh for my birthday and now I think I'm just gonna keep this going just to you know just reminisce on the year that I've had and um just introduce you into like people in my life that have had a big impact on you know how I view things and you know what I'm doing and uh, one of them is Marquise Tedder. Uh, he's been a, a friend since college uh, at Robert Morris, which is no longer a school, and I'm, I'm pretty sure we're gonna talk about that. Uh, but t- a little technical difficulty. I only have one microphone right now. So we're gonna have to share. So I'm gonna have to do a lot of editing on this on the back end. But Marquise, how you doing, man? All right, that's how we go. All right, that, it'll work out. It'll, it, yeah, it'll work out. <laughs> oh man, I'm good, man. You know, um, all praise be to the Most High all the time. Um, 
I don't know, just trying to stay out the way, but I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. How about yourself? Oh, I'm straight, man. You know how it is. Uh, out here working. Yeah. Man, you know how it is. Uh, but yeah, man, I think, we, I think we should probably start from, you know, the beginning. I first met Marquise at Robert Morris University, Orland Park Campus. Uh, and I didn't, when I noticed the landscape of the classroom, it wasn't too many of us, and by us, I mean, you know, young black men, <laughs> like, in, in the room, and I didn't want to be that guy, right? It's like, I don't want to be like, hey, you're young and black, let's be friends. <laughs> like, that's one thing I didn't want to do, like, just because we matched age-wise and probably experience-wise. In fact, no, I'm not going to even say that. Like, there's a plethora of different ways black men have come up. Um, they don't have to be similar. So I didn't want to assume anything, uh, but it's like, you know, after the first couple of days of school, it's like we kind of just linked in, you know, hit it off, like almost like we got along almost instantly. Yeah, and that's, man, now that you say that, that it is kind of crazy because it was like, so should I just invite him to go play basketball? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he he's he's wearing the book bag, like, that's what he does, but I don't want to ask that. I don't want to come across as that guy. You know what I mean? But it was um I don't know, man. What 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 was the what was the um professor's name? Jeff. Yeah. Was that was that his name? We were we were in the, and, um, computer networking. Yeah, computer networking. And um I don't know, like I don't I don't even know Like how do you how do you remember our first interactions? Well, it definitely has something to do with sports, mm -hmm. for sure. It might have been, um, I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I'm trying to think, but you know what? It was actually it has something to do with Jim, mm -hmm. because he was talking about Jim was a glass made bar. Yeah, shout out to Jim. We gotta, we gotta find Jim. Where is Jim? Like. He's got like 17 Facebook profiles. <laughs> um but yeah, it it had something to do with Jim and he was kind of like the bridge where it was like okay, we're not going to make it awkward because we are the only never mind. But you know, you know, you know what I'm saying. But it's like not that that mattered, but it was just like, oh man, like you're in here doing computer engineering. Oh, me too. So like Jim kind of was like the bridge. From what I remember, he was the bridge where it was like, oh, like, yeah, we're we're just going to all talk about whatever sports and, you know. And we was playing a lot of computer games. I don't even think we were really – we was really even doing schoolwork for real. Like, we would do, like, a couple packet tracers. And then <laughs> – Packet tracers. We would do like a few packet tracers. I know you guys probably won't know what that is, but we do a couple packet tracers, you know, and oh man, let's just go ahead and get on uh that bingo blitz or bejeweled or something. Like them old Facebook games, Marvel Alliance. <laughs> Being extra corny. Like but you know, I mean whatever. It was good times though. And then like we had we had multiple classes together though, because mm -hmm. of the whole the system. So it was like, oh, man, like, they're going to do it again. Like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and sit over here then. So, like, 
And then, like, I don't know, the relationship just grew. And then it was like, then we start asking the outside stuff, like, are you who? Me too. Like, let's go to the gym. Like, <laughs> then we start going to export and stuff. Like, it was, man, it was, it was cool. Like, people do say that uh, when you meet, like, friends and people in college, like, those relationships are the ones that usually last the longest. And I would have to say, like, by far, like, they're telling the truth. <laughs> Yeah, man, it was uh, it was so like easy to talk and share that experience with like somebody that you know looked like me that you know came up almost similarly as me, you know, um, in terms of like basketball. Like I love a basketball and you know athletics and stuff like that. That um, I'm, again, like we've never been to college before. Um, this is like our first kind of go around, you know, at college uh, and. You know, it is it is a little nervous because it's like this is the first time where it's not like obviously you have a college schedule, but nobody is really like telling you what to do, really, you know, as much. And it could be kind of like crazy. Like, you you, you know, you're still growing as a man. Um, you're trying to understand and learn about yourself uh, and the world. Um, and having you there to kind of experience all of that was like dope. Like to me, you know, I'm, I'm gonna start tearing up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that is a dope fact that you uh, that you put that out there because it's it's a new experience and it really doesn't hit you until like you're in the moment. Like, okay, so we're in college now. Um, nobody's really telling me what to do and what not to do, as far as you know, classes, class work, um, who to hang around, just ri simple things. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I mean, I could really just say I'm going here and just do whatever. But like you said, just having someone there with you to be like, oh, well, this is my first experience too. It's like, all right, let's go ahead and try to figure it out together as we progress through college and through life. Like, our friendship was kind of, like, the one that kept me going when, like, I kind of figured out early, I don't know if I want to do this yeah. in terms of, like, my career choice. But I knew, I like, it was already paid for. Like, I already took out the loan. Right. <laughs> right. Like, I, I got to go. But, yeah, like. The motivation to, cause I, I mean, I ain't gonna lie, I did skip classes a couple times. Like I ain't go front, like you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm not just not going today. <laughs> um, but what kept me going, you know, the majority of time, you know, when I was there, was like Marquise is doing the same thing. Something in me was like, no, I don't want to disappoint him by him being like the only person there. Like going, you know, through that again, that ex college experience. It's like, no, I gotta, I gotta go be there with my guy. Like he's, he's out there grinding too. He got to get up in the morning, drive all the way over here. Um, you know, like right. I think at then I had the, I had the minivan. That was, yeah, I was pulling up in the minivan. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. The ninety-eight Cutlass. Yes, sir. Um. But yeah, man, it was it was it was certainly a an important time in my life. And one thing that I've always appreciated was you you had your head on straight. 
Like I don't know. I was, you know, you was there. It was like it's a it's a it's a volatile time at that age for you know a young man. And we didn't go away for college. Well, you went away for college later, but like your first instance in college, it was you know you was going and commuting, um, back and forth from the crib to uh to the school. But um, I always appreciate that. Like, oh no, nah, this is a this is a this is a good dude right here. Like, even though this may not be what he wants to do as a career he's still showing up to class he's still doing his work you were doing what you were supposed to do at that age and to and to be cool like i always thought you were way cooler than i was <laughs> um and i was like no he's he's like no this is this is cool to do it's cool to go to school like how however corny and cliche that like it's cool to do this um and like going again, just going through that was was super dope, and I just want to say I I definitely appreciate you in that aspect in my life because it was I needed that especially for a year. I, uh, William came after my younger brother, you know, um, he came after uh, a year, so I had a year by myself, and then William came to that school like right after, and then it was like the three of us, um, just kind of. Right, <laughs> um, just kind of hanging out and, and and doing stuff, but yeah, I always I always want to like let you know specifically, like I appreciated, like even at that young age, like your mom like raised a a good solid man, and I definitely appreciated that. So this is what you do on these interviews: you interview <laughs> lifelong friends, and you try to tear them up and all this good stuff. Because I feel like you had Chris on here from the cry too, like you know what I'm saying. But that, but that's all right. Um, man, I don't. That's, man, that's dope. I, I didn't know I had that much of an impact, you know, on on you like that. And I just, I want to tell you thank you, you know, because I I didn't know I was that you know appreciated. You know, I just thought I was being you know a good friend and a good person to, you know, someone else that, like you said, has the same backgrounds. So, so, well, yeah, you got the same background, you know. And then the whole, I think it was like, cause Robert Morris wasn't my first choice. And I, I think we talked about this before, like it definitely wasn't my first choice. And then it, it just kind of happened. It was like, all right, it's just last minute. Let me just, I'ma just go here. And then it was like, I met you and then you ended up saying, like you had a similar story. I was like, well, at that point, that's when you know that's, that's nobody but God. He's just throwing you in a certain position to meet certain people. Mm-hmm. And man, I just, I'm grateful, mm-hmm. you know, for the whole experience. I mean, you you make a good point because now like, you know, I'm not using that degree. You know, I, in fact, I don't, I don't even know if I have it. I, don't, I haven't I don't even, know, <laughs> I don't know. I've been putting it on my resume and, right. I, and I have no clue. I, I got no clue if I got that degree or not. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been putting it on there and nobody checked, so you know. <laughs> it, it works out. You know? Um, but like I'm in my career now, like I, I'm I don't I don't have that expertise like anymore. I still got the book. I think I just threw out the books that we had. Wow. Like I just okay. threw them out. Yeah. Um all those computer books they're, they're probably obsolete by now, like everything changes so quickly in technology. Um but like I during that that time and space you wait let me go back you you brought up a good point about like just god putting people in your way and i was like 
even though I'm not using that degree or I don't have any use for that degree right now, and it, if you look at it from a logical standpoint, it's kind of like a waste of money. I don't view it that way because if I don't go through that experience, if I don't go there, I don't well, well I, I don't figure out a couple things about myself. Maybe it takes me longer to figure out what I want to do, you know, in my life if I don't go through that. And for a, a big thing, it's like I don't get to meet Marquise. Like I don't get to have that friendship. Like if it costs whatever, how much money that I owed, you know, Robert Morris. Um, it was worth it because I got a lifelong friend out of the deal, and would have been more frugal to go to, you know, uh, what did with my younger brothers and sisters. What I advised them to do was go to a community college first, figure out what you want to do, you know, pay that off, and then go to a university. Probably, that probably would have been the best option if I wasn't specializing in, you know, in anything, which I wasn't at the time. I just kind of picked computer networking just because I was like, I like computers. It's like, whatever. It seems like fun. If I don't go through that again, I, I, I don't meet you. I don't generate that friendship. I don't meet uh, Andrew, who I still... You know, yeah. communicate with like he's he sent yeah he see you know I buy some of his clothes and so shout out to Andrew having he just got married and he's having a kid too yeah I feel like I saw that on yeah it was on Facebook he put it on okay, Facebook yeah, yeah. um but yeah I don't, I just don't meet and and all these fantastic people and grow uh, the way I did if I don't go through that uh, the way I did so I don't regret any decision up to that point and my dad I talked to him about it on last year's podcast that. You know, he's always like he always felt regret that he kind of just made me pick a college and not really like sit down with me. It's like, do you need to go to college? Like, maybe you should work first and then figure it out later. Like, he always like regretted just sending me and William to college just because are oh, you going to college? Yeah. Um, versus actually having a plan, sitting down. Look, if you're not ready for college, that's like okay. that's okay. Like, he just wanted his sons to go to college, and he. I'm like, look, I don't regret any of that because I gained a a real friend out of that. Uh, out of that time. Let's discuss our White Castle experience. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because because right. um, right. White Castle for the people that are listening, White Castle was my very first job ever. Um, it's down the street from where my parents live in Burbank, um, 79th in Harlem, uh, and that was also a interesting time in you know my life, and then subsequently in Marquise's life. Uh, um, so what? So so what happened was um as I'm going to Robert Morris, uh already am working at White Castle. Um and I'm a pretty decent worker. Like, you know, I do what I'm told, I don't bother anybody, you know, try and be a you know, good team player. And uh I noticed we were hiring and Marquise was like, you know, he I'm broke. Right. <laughs> uh was was looking for work at, at the time. Uh and I was like, Oh, I mean, if you don't mind the drive, like you just work at White Castle, and they hired you straight away. And I was like, "Man, this is gonna be a, a fun time." So, what can what can you from the from? And again, this is a, I'm gonna try and keep this as compact because like we were there for what like two 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 three years together. Um, what we how would you describe that time of? Not only going to school with me, being my friend, but also working, you know, together at White Castle. Uh, where do I start? 
<laughs> I gotta say it was a blast. I mean, it, it really helped those early young adulthood days where it was like, okay, we doing the whole thing together, pause. But <laughs> okay, we going to school. That that's hard in itself. Then it's like, you know, we might hit the gym, lift a little bit or hoop, and then now we're causing havoc at White Castle. <laughs> so it was just like, you know, this this is this is a this is a great friendship because it was like it was never like I don't even think we've ever even argued like yeah, that's true. I don't even think we've ever argued. Like, even when we hooped, it was just like, oh, well, they weak. Like, it's cool, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you keep missing. No, it was none of that. So it was like, it was always a great experience. But once I made the transition to White Castle with you, that's when things like, man, they just amped up at that point. So it was like, we're going to school. Like I said, we might do the gym thing. And then we're going to White Castle. Once I got to White Castle, it was like, yo, what's going on here? Like, okay, this, this, I, I was supposed to meet him. Like, that's just what that's just what this was supposed to be. God put me in his life for a reason and vice versa because everything was just smooth. Like, I was looking for jobs, man. Like, even before um, school had started, and they were just like, no, we're good on you. Like, watch out. Go try Home Depot. Then I go to Home Depot now. Home Depot saying, I'll try Menards. You know, it was it was crazy. So then, like I said, um, I'm at school and I'm broke. Like, you, we're, we're all going um, to Orland Mall, buying stuff to eat and stuff uh, in between class. And I'm not buying anything because... You know, my pockets was dry. So I'm like, uh, yeah. So I'm like, you you must work, bro. He like, oh, yeah, you know, I work at White Castle. So about that, <laughs> do you think you could get me in there? And uh, what, uh, what was her name? Lynn? The the, the, the yeah, general manager? Yeah. yeah. So, again, meet her. She was cool. Like everything, everything was just, it got so smooth to the points where it was like, okay, like God is really just ordering my steps here because it went from, I didn't even know what I was doing as far as like going to school and stuff to, okay, now, um, I'm going to class. I'm starting to get an idea of what I want to do. I know it's not computer networking, but I'm just going to take this knowledge and this experience and move on and then from having no money at all you know to you know nice little 40 hour paychecks right, at minimum wage right. it was it was it was decent for 18 19 so you know i mean you wasn't paying your loan off but right. <laughs> you know it, it it helped and it went from like i said just it just made like a complete 180 mm -hmm. for me and the whole White Castle experience, like, it was just super dope. Like, it was just dope. I think another another thing we can discuss is our love of basketball and how much we how much basketball we played um, as an outlet, you know, to the frustrations of school and the responsibilities at work. Like, we played a lot of basketball, like, during that time. Um 
You're, you were my first friend that could dunk. <laughs> yep. And you can tell, you can probably tell that I never had a friend that can dunk because my alley-oops were awful. Like, I couldn't throw a oop to save my life. And I'm like, oh, this is easy. You just go up there and catch it. He's like, no, I'm not LeBron. Like, just because I can dunk. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, not T-Mac. Like, I'm like, just go get it. It's right there. He's like, no, it don't work like that, bro. <laughs> but um, I kind of felt like you, when you told me you hooped, I was like, okay, a lot of people say they hoop. You know, can they hoop, though? So um, I think the first time like I seen you, you brought me over to your neighborhood. Oh, yeah, we went uh, yeah, we went to the Dalton Recreational Center. Um, and I don't know your thoughts. I mean, I'm not that physically imposing. I don't look very athletic. I'm short. Um, like, I don't know your first thought. I think our first game, we didn't even play like a you know full court. I think we ended up playing like a 21 or 32 or something like that. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't enough people. Right, it wasn't enough people. But it was. A, it, I guess it was a good – kind of spot to see like okay do i take this person seriously as a basketball right, player right, right. you know or not so bef- right before i get to my thoughts on how you play what were your thoughts first of all going in to that hooping session like you said we talked about it and i'm like does he play basketball or does he hoop because because there's a difference yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a difference a lot a, a lot of people play basketball mm-hmm. and think they can hoop. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And that's a huge negative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you was like, oh, yeah, you know, like, yeah, I hoop. First of all, I just want to put out there, when I meet somebody new and they say that, mm-hmm. I think everybody's weak. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I'm just being honest. I think everybody's weak. Like, until I actually... <laughs> I, I need some type of footage, like, you know what I mean? Who did you play for? Like, I, I think everybody's weak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's not to say that I'm the greatest, because obviously I'm not. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm at the crib. I'm not, in the, I'm not in the league or overseas. Mm-hmm. But when I step in between those lines, like, I'm very competitive. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if he's a hooper, you know what I mean? Like, this is going to be a great friendship. But if he plays basketball, <laughs> this might be the determining factor of how how long this this friendship might last. Like, because as you can see, like I, I've always tried to be around like you know like hoopers and athletic people because that that's something I love. Like I love basketball, and personally, like like you said, like I'm like okay, he's not really that tall. Um, he could be quick and fast. I'm not sure, but I'm like, if he can shoot, then we can, I think that'll pretty much determine like how good is he? Because again, I could, you couldn't showcase everything cause it was just a 21 or a 32 is one of those. So you get out there and I'm like, okay, like he definitely has the gear, like, but that could be a facade. So I'm like, oh man, shoot around. Like, let's just, we ain't even got to do the 21 yet. So I'm looking at your form and everything. I'm, I'm always being over analytical and critiquing for no reason. And I'm like, okay, he got a, he got a decent form. I'm like, he might hoop. He might hoop. The, the things he was telling me about the Revis days, they might be true, but I, I, I still got to see it in, in, in 5v5. But, um and then like the 21 or whatever we played it was kind of trash anyway so it was like 
right, like I, I, I can't really gauge him off of this first experience. Mm -hmm. But when we went out there mm -hmm. to uh, what is that, Stevenson? Stevenson, they closed that down actually now. Now that was like, oh my man's hoops, mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. I like it here. <laughs> I like it here. Like we can we could be brothers now. Like I, I mess with it. And then like you always had like a competitive drive. Like I did. Like it didn't matter who we was going up against. It was like we're we're finna win. Like I don't really care who we play with. Like they gotta play with us first. You know what I'm saying? Like the other three cats, they gotta play with us, and we're about to run whoever it is that's out here. And it was just it was man. It just it made our, our bond even stronger because it was like when in doubt, when we went to go play basketball, we forgot about school, White Castle, all of that. It's like, man, we finna just destroy whoever's out here. Like overseas, <laughs> Division One basketball, it, it didn't matter. Like we're, we're about to smash them. That was, that was one of the more like happiest times like in my life because obviously you just mentioned, you know, responsibilities at work, Cause work is work and then school um, and not, not really feeling comfortable in kind of, you know, your future at that point, which, you know, all young people go through. It's like, Oh man, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like, I don't know what I want to do. Um, basketball was kind of always there as like a stress reliever where no matter what happened at the end of that shift or at the end of the day or at school, if we were linking up to go hoop, I'm like, bet like I'm there. Um, and that was, that was, a, that was, a, again, another layer to our friendship. Like it just kept adding more layers of like connectivity, um, which made like the friendship just kind of grow and, and blossom. Um, and I was like, oh, Marquise can hoop. That was, that was. Now, <laughs> you, you, now I, I gave you my answer. Now you have to be honest because I, I, I'm going to say something like, um, usually like if, if someone hasn't seen me play basketball before, I don't, I don't know if it's how my face is structured or maybe I look weird when I walk or something. I don't know what it is, but I feel like I told you this before uh, when we were a, a little younger. I don't know what it is, but maybe it's how I wear my clothes. I don't know. <laughs> but when people see me, they just think I cannot play basketball for whatever reason it is. They just be like, oh, I'm about to kill dude. Like, and I'm just, where's the testosterone coming from? Like, why do you hate me? Like, why do you not like me here? Like, but it's okay because we finna ball you up and you're just gonna have to talk about this loss on the other side. And that's okay. So how did you view me when you first, when I first said I play basketball? Um, I was like, okay. But again, how I think is like okay. Everybody, you know, plays basketball. Can he hoop though? <laughs> can he hoop though? But like, I can usually tell somebody that I'm like, oh, okay. I, if I can respect their basketball acumen, one by like your conversation, how do you talk about the game? And you talked about it like in a way that I would deem like, oh, okay, he knows what he he might know what he's doing uh, on a basketball court. But usually, like after the first couple possessions um, of just like shooting around, like I can pretty much tell like, oh, okay. This might be fun because he looks like, you know, I, I, like he can hoop. That like I don't have to worry if we are in a five-on-five five situation. Like, I don't have to worry about him. Um, and that was a big thing for me. It's like, man, am I going 
is this gonna is this gonna be it? Like you mentioned, like is this is this gonna be the thing that he thinks he's really good, and I gotta tell him like, yeah, you okay? <laughs> like, am I gonna have to break the news to him? And are we gonna have to work on some stuff? Yeah. Even White Castle was cool, but now yeah. when we get to this basketball. Right. Like, you can really find out a lot about a person just by playing a basketball game with them. For sure. Um, like, sure. how often do they get frustrated? Like, are they a hothead? Am I going to have to deal with this? Like, I'm going to have to calm down or I'm going to have to fight all the time because this person is a hothead. You know, like, there were some times, though, you did get upset sometimes I, 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 where I thought we were going to have to, like, all right, well, we're gonna have to take today is the day. Like, apparently, we're just going to have to fight today. But yeah. you cooler heads you know, came about. Um, but yeah, man, those, those were some fun times, some good times. Um, the last thing that I wanted to get to was like the dynamics of our friendship, like over like the last like 10, you know, years or so, like, because it has changed and like, it does change. Right. right. You know, um, you went off to, uh, to college. Um, I started like working for Canon, like at the clinic, um, and then I went to start doing, you know, broadcasting, but that's, that's how you know when you have like a, a real, like true friendship, um, is when, even though like you get older and more things get added to your plate that may cause like, um, where you're not talking as much. Like I knew if, if I shot you a text, like you was going to respond. If I knew if I called, like you were going to pick up. And we didn't let just regular life things as you get older, like separate us or make me like, cause that's, that's what happens like to a lot of people yeah. where they'd be like, oh, he ain't, he ain't cool, we ain't cool no more. Like he ain't reach out to me in like, you know, in a month or so. Like we ain't, you know, we ain't good. Like it was never like that with us where, you know, again, we we're grown, like you know. We got work. We got responsibilities right. that we have to do. So it's not like we talk like every day, but when we do talk, again, it goes right back, you know, to normal. And I was I was a little bit scared, you know, as you know, we went off to do you know our different things. That and it was probably like a good time, right, for us to kind of separate and grow, kind of on our own because we were together like a lot a lot lot. like all of these major things going to college for the first time first jobs you know basketball um we were experiencing that together for the first time like together all those things um and then it was like god was like okay you know this is a solid you know friendship but in order for both of you to grow you got to separate and do, you know, your own thing. And it was comforting to know that I was never going to lose a friend because life was happening, you know, for the both of us. Yeah, man. Uh, same here. Same here. Because um, like you were just saying, once we got to that point where it was like, yeah, so I think I'm going to take some time off from Robert Morris. And then he was like, yeah, I'm probably going to do the same thing. Cause it was like for whatever reason it was probably because funds because it, it was it was getting tough like we because we we even did um we were doing like the little co-ed um sports uh what like bowling and and, and 
<laughs> so we we was doing those like um just to get like some scholarship money because it was it was tough like and it was just we were burning ourselves out as far as because school never stopped like it was year long um and then we're working and knowing white castle is oh you, you're fine just come in for this night shift and you're like I got class <laughs> in the AM. Oh no, it's fine. Like we'll get you out of here by six. I have class at eight, and I haven't been sleep. What do you mean? So it was it was a very trying time. And then once we got to that point where it was like, okay, I think I'm gonna go over here. And then I was like, well, I'm gonna go over here. It was never a once I go away or once you went away. I'm not cool with dude anymore. Right. It was right. a, it was never like a matter of convenience that we were friends. Like, facts. You here all the time. You here all the time. I'm here all the time. Um, and that's why we were friends. Like no, like we had a genuine, like real friendship. That even though you you left, I went to do my own thing. It was still gonna be there. Facts. And it was like this is the definition of a friendship because. It shouldn't, life, like you said, life shouldn't just be the the determinant factor where it's like, okay, now that I have more responsibilities, um, I'm just going to use that as a crutch to be like, that's not my, that's not my guy anymore. I, I'm not talking to him, you know, blase, blase, whatever the case may be. And it was like, it was never that. And I can just be completely appreciative of that because like you said, a lot of friendships do that. You know, I still talk to a lot of my friends and stuff from high school and stuff, but it was never the same. Not to say I'm not cool with them, but it's like sometimes they might reach out or I might reach out, and it's just like it's a little funny, you know what I mean? Just because it's like, well, I haven't really talked to you for real, so, like, I'm kind of cool on you. And that's, and that's not to be – you know, rude or anything. It's just, that's just how it is. I mean, but like I said, I'm grateful for our friendship and very appreciative. Yeah, man, that's, uh, that's kind of all I got. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, you know, I, a big reason why I started doing this is, is like, I have this skill, I have this thing that I can basically keep a record kind of of my life every year. Like if my kids or grandkids want to know, like, Oh, what was my dad or what was my granddad like? And who were the people in his life when he was like 28, 29 or, you know, younger? Like, I want them to know not just by name who I am, but like actually know my personality and the stuff that made me who and the people that made me who I am. And you were certainly one of them. So thanks for, for doing this, bro. Oh, man, I just I, I, I feel blessed to even be in your. Pre- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But no, but no, I, I'm I'm very grateful for the whole experience. Like you said, we we had a lot of similarities, you know, um, growing up and everything. And it was just it was just God ordering our steps to where it was like, I'm finna place dude in your life for this, this, and this reason. And for all of those reasons, I'm always be appreciative and be grateful. And I'm glad that I was able to get on the podcast because because i definitely asked i was asking questions like man do i get one do i get a slot like is it i don't have the voice for it that's cool like you know i had to i had to give you a hard time about it but you know 
I'm just, I'm grateful. And I'm gonna always appreciate you, man. You, you're my brother. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as we peruse through my life um, this year, um, you're getting introduced or reintroduced to people um, that you have heard or uh, may not have heard. And um, a person that has been certainly a an addition to my life over the past few years that I've known him is one Jason Leisure. He is my friend and my brother, and um, I'm just a fan of his, and I, I will get into that a little bit later, but Jason Leisure, what's up, man? How you doing? Good to be here, man. You can't be a fan of me anymore, and now we're friends. Uh, I think you can still be fans of your friends. I'm like, not a huge fan of yours. I, I like you okay. personally, but I'm mm-hmm. not so much a fan of your work. All right. Noted. Noted. I can, I can certainly see that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> heard that before, have you? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, Jason Leisure is a beat writer for the Chicago Sun-Times. And I usually try to, last year, I tried to take my life from the different angles of friends, family, you know, work, career-wise, and, you know, friendship and relationships. Um, and Jason is kind of taking the role here as from my career standpoint, um, because, you know, not only do we work together, well, I work for him <laughs> in his aspect of uh, producing the Sports Adjacent podcast. Um, Jason's also my real life friend. Um, so, Jason, what do you remember from your very first kind of knowledge or awareness of Tony Gill? Well, I met you through Lawrence Holmes because you were producing on his show. And I met a lot of people through that, but I think you and I clicked right away. Just, I think, compatible personalities. But more than anything, it just struck me that we had the same values. I think you and I want a lot of the same things out of life. Mm-hmm. in terms of um, how much of a role our faith plays in our life, our Christianity, uh, how f- how important family is to us, both like, you know, with extended family, your parents, brothers, th- things like that, but also having your own family, which I have, and I know that you want to have. Um, and then I just think, you know, those are the most important things in a friendship to me, those are the things that are going to make a friendship really actually mean something and not just be something kind of, I don't want to say trivial because I like 
having a lot of, you know, I, I have some friends that I don't have that much in common with, but we hang out and we have a good time together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think like, to ha- I think you need solid, meaningful friendships that make your life better and also allow you to pour into someone else's life. And I, I, I know, I remember identifying and recognizing those things in you early on and that just kind of making me like want to hang out with you more and want to develop that friendship. And, um, you know, thankfully I, I, you seemed to want to be friends with me. So that helped. And, uh, we just, things just kind of went from there. I mean, it's kind of easy to be friends with somebody when you, when the things that are like most important in life are shared between you guys. And so like one of the things that has made you a great friend for me is I don't think there'd ever be anything in my life that I did or was thinking about doing that I would have to explain to you. <laughs> I think there would there's like this shorthand that you and I have between each other because like if if you said if you told me that you did something that seems kind of like counterintuitive or illogical or kind of like went against the way of the world and you said you did it out of faith. I don't know that I would really have a follow-up question to that. That would make perfect sense to me. Hmm. And you would find out in the world that to most people that that wouldn't make any sense. So um, I guess I probably gave you more than you asked for on that, but (laughs) you know, that's, that's to me, as I think about it now, like kind of just the trajectory of how our friendship has gone over the last two or three years, however long it's been. Yeah. Um, and usually it's like, it's weird. It's like, you know, friends, really strong friendships, you know, they take a while. You got to go through things with, you know, a person or whatever. It's, it's like we clicked almost instantly, you know, once we started, you know, hanging out with each other, talking, um, and the dynamics of, you know, how our relationship started is like, I started out as a fan of yours. Um, before even, you know, knowing you, I was like, I the radio show in right through Dan Libertard show. You were a guest on there. And I was like, I really like this guy. <laughs> like, I like the cut of his gym. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you're funny, interesting. Um, you had things to say. And when you didn't have things to say, you didn't say it. Like you didn't force like any conversation. And as a fan of authenticity, and just recognizing in a person being who they are a hundred percent of the time, no matter what the situation is, um, you embody all of that, like in no matter yeah. what platform or area or space yeah. that you are in. And that's I really you respect that because yeah, that's how kind of how I am. Yeah. Um, and I really understand on a really base level uh that thinking. So when I found moving to Chicago. Uh, I was already working. I, I don't know if I was executive producer just yet of Lawrence's show. You were covering the Blackhawks. And in this town, I mean, talking Blackhawks is like weird. It's like everybody loves the Blackhawks until it's time to talk about the Blackhawks. <laughs> it's <laughs> not know? good radio. Right. It's and then it's radio. not good radio. So it was difficult to find spaces but I always knew I, I needed to have you on the show. Like I just needed to find that the lane, like 
Blackhawks, please do something interesting just so I can have him on. Yeah, careful and, what you wish for. Right, and uh, obviously now, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but then you made a switch over to the Bears, and by that time, I think I was working with Lawrence, and I was like, as my first order of business as executive producer, I would like Jason Leisure, if at all possible. Uh, and almost kind of how like things work out, like I feel like friendships, relationships are like kind of ordained, right? Mm. Like all the pieces work together for us to become friends. And coincidentally, Lawrence was also hearing that from uh, what you guys know, if you listen to Lawrence Holmes is White Panther, uh, Melissa, that he was hearing the same things from her because she also listens to uh, the Dan Levitard show and heard you and recognized your talent. Um, And we got you on the show. And I don't get nervous or awestruck by athletes. Like people ask that all the time, working in the business, like, oh man, you saw this athlete, you saw that athlete. And I'm like, the athletes aren't the people that I get, that I fanboy over. Hmm. I fanboy over writers and personalities. That's who I fanboy over more than anything else. I can be in a room full of athletes and be like, eh, he might be interesting. But writers and personalities really like get the geek and fan out of me. Mm-hmm. And that was what it was like the first day that you came on the Lawrence Home Show. That's such a disproportionate reaction by you, though, to what my resume actually is or was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you love that show. You love the Levitard show. But uh-huh. I was like nobody on there. I was on there occasionally. Mm-hmm. And then I was on there toward the end. I was on there weekly uh, as mm-hmm. part of the local hour. But, I mean, I'm like a bit player in the history of that thing. I mean. I mean, you're, you're one, of the, one of my favorite people, if not the favorite person on that show. I don't know like, why, but I appreciate yeah, it. I thoroughly enjoyed if when I saw in the description, Jason Leader joins the show, I had to pause everything that I was doing. <laughs> I was sitting down and listening <laughs> to that hour. It was that good. That is surprising to hear. Um, but thank you. <laughs> um, I think some of the other things that you said were, I don't know. I don't really think of that element that you just mentioned and i forget i guess sometimes that you kind of knew of my work or knew of me a little bit before i moved here mm-hmm. uh because i only operate on my own timeline and anything that happened you know before i was around didn't exist or whatever right. so i i uh um i think that some of the other things you said about like authenticity and you know friendships just kind of making sense i think mm-hmm. I think you and I both approach a lot of parts of our life that way. And it's almost like, I think a lot of times, you know, a friendship will like ours will fast track because like, we're both looking, we're both looking for the same kind of friend. Mm -hmm. We're both looking for a serious friend. I mean, you have friends in your life that are fun people to hang out with or people that, you know, through work, uh, people that you genuinely like, but most people, I think, I, I know for me, have just a couple, just a couple of really, really good friends. You know, really quality, like pseudo family type friends that are going to be there for you, that mm-hmm. you could count on, that you could, that understand you. I think is probably the key thing. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I understand you. I don't know if anyone does. Um, <laughs> but I kind of do, mm-hmm. which probably puts me in like the, you know, the top, you know, five percentile or something like that <laughs> as far as understanding Tony Gill. Um, but I think uh, I think it was, you know, a case of having really important things in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, and both of us really like being glad to have a, a serious, meaningful friendship and good timing. It was just good timing. Yeah. Excellent when, you say, time. when you say it was ordained, I mean, that's, you know, that's another way of saying good timing. I think, I think a key point, I think in our friendship is when I was kind of at a low point and thinking about it now, it's crazy how far I am from that, you know, uh, now, but, like I, we used to talk like about my dating life, like and how like weird and like it was, like for that year. And you gave me something that I have kept for the entire of my life, and what I pass on now to other people who are in similar spaces. So, um, for those of you who don't know, um, I'm now currently dating my girlfriend for now over six months. Definitely. When you say those of you, on the by the way, sorry, not to step on your mm-hmm. flattering things you're going to say about Stephanie. Who's those of you who's listening to this? Like, am I, am I, mean, I talking I to the world or am I just talking to like your family right now? Or Well, it's going to be mostly people that know me personally okay. that actually want, but like some people like just know me marginally, just want to know me a little bit better. Cause this is like, this is a really like open project. This, this last, you know, the last time I did this and now this one where I'm getting really personal and people are getting okay. like a really good insight on how I operate. So fans, anybody, I just kind of throw it out there and see, like, if you want to listen to it, it's fine. Okay. I mean, I only got like a couple hundred listens like last time, but I'm not yes. really looking for that. I'm just more than I thought I would just, get, you know, <laughs> I'm just looking to get like just a, a, a keep a record essentially gotcha. um, on the Internet about, you know, my life. Okay. So, far. Right. so sorry, that's kinda... sorry for trampling what you were going to say. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. You were, you were uh, talking about that, making sure people know that you're in a relationship. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but before I was in this wonderful relationship that I am now, yeah. um, it was, it was, it was a bit tough for me. It was a bit, it was a bit weird. Just kind of perusing through just the average a person trying to date seriously. Um, and there was one aspect where I really liked this one girl. I thought it was really going to work. We seemed to mesh really well and she ended up like friend like friends on me like saying oh i don't think there's any chemistry mm-hmm. and it was one of those rare times i'm where i was really kind of like whoa i misread this entirely yeah uh, and it 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 stung a little bit oh, you were devastated well, not a little bit a lot of it um i remember specifically like i was on a walk when she shot me the text and I just had to stop walking and like breathe because it was like, did I misread the situation that much? Um, and I was just confused. I was flustered. I was just, I wasn't angry. Just, just kind of hurt. You know, I mean, people that listen to understand this, understand what hurt feels like. Um, and we went and got dinner, you know, one night and I knew it was coming up, but I'm like, man, I'm not really up to it you know right now i'm in a weird space i've never allowed this feeling to kind of overtake me before in my life mm-hmm. uh, 
And I was like, you know what? It's it's best. Jason's my friend. In order to get myself out of this funk, I have to go talk to him. So you, uh, we went and got Chuck's barbecue. We sat outside because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it was during the pandemic. And do you remember what you told me? That like during that I remember time? telling you a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you looked like uh, you were down, man. Yeah. yeah, I don't see you down very often. I'm sure you get down, but yeah. I don't see you down very often. Um, I don't, I don't remember which thing it was exactly that stuck with you, but I, I remember that you were saying you were gonna either quit dating forever, um, <laughs> or you were going to quit dating for a year or something mm-hmm. like that. And I remember me saying, like, um, we don't have to decide that right now, like. Mm-hmm. This isn't like uh, changing your health insurance where there's open right. enrollment only during these couple of weeks and you got to decide what you're going to do for the next year. Like we can, mm-hmm. you can feel sad today and, you know, we'll see how you feel tomorrow. We'll see how you feel mm-hmm. next week and the next month and whatever. Like let's not sit here and, you know, take options off the table or make pre-decisions about things that don't need to be made yet. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm sure that I told you something that nobody in your position that day ever wants to hear, ever, and doesn't help. And I don't know why I keep saying it to people, um, because it's true, I guess, is the reason why, is that from direct experience in my own life, there are so many things I can think of, big things in my life, moments where I did not get what I wanted. Hmm. And it was the best thing that could have happened for me because hmm. God opened the door to something else much, much better than I had ever imagined. And then I didn't even know about at the time. I mean, so many times, man, the mile markers uh, in my life of times when something like this happened about a job or a relationship or where I went to college, things like that. There's so many things I can look back to and, have my faith strengthened by that. And it's, it's easier to have that when you're, when you're my age, when you're 37 and you've seen a lot of life, you mm-hmm. know, not that you haven't, but I have 10 more years on you and, yeah, you know, a lot further down the low, down the road, I guess, in life experiences um, beyond just like the number of years. Um, so that always sounds like loser talk in the moment, like when you don't get a job or mm-hmm. uh, you have some kind of, you get passed over for promotion or, you get broken up with, but I really believe that. And it's not, not even just for me. I've seen that happen for a lot of other people, like not getting what you want can be the best thing for you. So I would guess I said one of those two things, but I I don't think either of those is the one that you're thinking of. No, I mean, you, you did say that. uh, And that really did put things in perspective. Uh, For me, you were taking the, the obvious logical look at it. Like, no, you're young. You're going to come across, you know, like other people um, that the extreme of kind of giving up uh, seemed kind of a bit of an overreaction, which you yeah. were exactly right. It was unnecessary. Uh, it was. Everything yeah. always seems bigger when you're when you have less perspective. Yeah. And there's a lot of different ways to get perspective. But um, one of the main ones is just to age. Mm-hmm. And you said something. And here's specifically what you said that I kept with me 
that put everything, all of that in perspective um, and something that I tell other people who are in, who are in that similar space, uh, especially if they have faith uh, in God, you told me that it's good that that feeling there is hurt, that longing to be with somebody, to share with somebody, yeah. like it's good that you have that, that means it's supposed to be there, right? That God put that space, that yeah. place in your heart. Yeah. Because God puts desires for good things in your heart. Right. Yeah. And I, I kept that. And that that kind of like unlocked the way or how I'm supposed to be viewing these things from then on. Like as soon as you said it, like I was good. Like from that point mm-hmm. on, just good. because it was so it was so simple yet so profound to me. How long after that do you think that you started talking to Stephanie then? I mean, uh, not that that those things necessarily have to connect, but I'm just curious. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, (laughs) I was with my ex before that. So right after that, I got with my ex. And uh, that didn't last very long. Only lasts like, what, three, four months. Um, But you know what? Similar thing. I kept being reminded of what you said. Uh, And I moved on fairly quickly. Like I didn't, I'm not, I wasn't hurt by that breakup. I wasn't, I was like, this person is not for me. And it took a while to get the full scope in the picture of who that person was. And I was not, I wasn't good for her. I wasn't that person for her. And it was, you know, mutual. We're, we're all good. Like I have no beef or anything like that, but it just wasn't, good for either of us at that moment but what you said again kind of reminded like hey no like don't give up like that didn't make me give up like that breakup that didn't make me give up i was like you know what this, my person is out there for me uh yeah. and i have plenty of examples i have you as an example you and ashley like i thoroughly respect you and ashley's you know marriage and i admire it um from you know the history that you guys have how it got like started and stuff like that like it gave me you know i still had hope you know after that and then very soon after that like i think i broke up my ex in february in march i was talking to stephanie and now it, we've mm. been going on for over six months now it still would have been but, within your one year uh ban i think or one year right hiatus, it, you know? right exactly <laughs> it would have been within the one year which was, was completely unnecessary <laughs> i think more, more than all the spiritual stuff it just like logically didn't make any sense to me <laughs> like i'm sorry do we have to like register with the government every year that we're going to be dating or not dating <laughs> <laughs> is it and it really it it really humbled me in the in the space of just because I want something doesn't mean I instantly get it, you know? Yeah. Like true. I'm going to receive it yeah. when I'm ready for it and I should yeah. want it when I'm ready for it. I shouldn't force my way into anything, opportunities, relationships, friendships, like any of that, everything should come naturally and it should feel great on every level, um, on everything that you do. Yeah. Uh, and that conversation has really affected how I look at a lot of things uh, in my life. And I got you to thank for that, Jason. Well, I, it means a lot to hear you say that. I, th- I think that part of that is like you gained perspective from that conversation, mm-hmm. and it, which is really hard to do. 
Like, I know it's a weird thing for me to compliment you for listening to me. Uh, that seems very like self-serving, but it's, it's hard to take life experience from somebody else. At least it is for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, somebody who is 57 could tell me a bunch of things I need to know. And intellectually, I'd be like, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. But it's very hard to internalize that and imply and apply that. And the less perspective you have, the bigger things seem. Mm-hmm. And for example, like the amount of time that it takes to get over something or the amount of t- time it takes to find someone or the amount of time it takes to endure whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. you might think three months is a long time to have to endure something. Mm-hmm. I-, I probably don't at this point. Like there's right. been a lot of three month segments in my life that were good and a lot of three month segments in my life that were bad. Three months is not really that much time. There's going to be another three months starting next month. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's especially in, in your case where you like, you want something, you desire something good in your life and meaningful. One of the most meaningful things in your life and you're getting older and time is pet like more time has gone by that you haven't gotten this thing that you wanted and it just feels like forever but it's not and it's mm-hmm. really hard for somebody in your position to hear that perspective from someone else and adopt that and i think that you did mm-hmm. yeah one last question because we're recording late and we're doing this right after we recorded our podcast. <laughs> I'm good, man. It's weird being um, on your show. Is this like yeah? Is this like uh like how we bring I bring you on my show to be wacky? Do you bring me on your show to just be like the normal person in the room, or is it like yes. an inverse? Yeah, my my space is a bit wacky and chaotic. It's this it's an organized chaos that I love to live in, and you prevent you provide the the organization aspect of the organized chaos. Okay. Right. That, that I like to have around in my purview. <laughs> so you're not, it's um, really not organized chaos. <laughs> yeah. um, so what advice would you give a 29 year old um, heading into a new year that he has never seen before? The thing that comes to mind for me, and this is not necessarily going to be like the number one most important thing or anything like that. But the thing that comes to mind just right off the top for me is just, in whatever ways you can in your life to slow down. And I think that's something that I hoped would happen for me in my life over the past two years during the pandemic. Somebody who is 20 years older than me had talked to me about that at the very beginning. It was very perceptive of them to kind of see this coming back in like March, 2020, that this might be a big prolonged interrupt interruption to our normal lives. And even though things have gotten somewhat back to normal, there's, it's still not normal. Uh, I thought it would like, I thought it would, uh, I'd hoped that it would provide me the opportunity to kind of slow down, like simplify some things out of my schedule. And by doing all of that, have a little more peace in my life and be a little more present. And I feel like I'm still working on that. We're two years into the pandemic which is in a lot of ways like it's been stressful for everybody but in a lot of ways it has provided that opportunity and i've I've still like you know i need to follow my own advice because even still i'm just kind of like waiting for it to be over instead of being really Mm -hmm. present 
and nobody wants there to be a pandemic, but if there are good things about it, then you should embrace that good, like, you know, offshoots mm -hmm. of it. You should embrace those parts of your life. But I think it's always good advice, pandemic or not, to try to slow things down and quiet things down a lot because the entire rest of the world does not work that way. Nothing mm -hmm. outside your house is going to be about slowing things down for you or more peace in your life or just having like some quiet and stillness. And, that you know, that's really a lot of why I was so drawn to you as a friend and still am is because that concept of not necessarily like quiet and stillness and all that, but that concept of having to, of always going against the way the world is going. And mm -hmm. as a Christian, you're going to do that all the time. Like the world you will not understand you. The things that you do will be stupid and counterintuitive to the world. And it's not always the easiest thing to just be at peace with that and mm -hmm. be confident in that. That takes faith. And it takes a lot of conviction in what you're doing. And, you know, if you have a family, it takes everybody believing that. So... I think I would say my advice to you would be to slow things down where you can within reason <laughs> and to keep being the way that you are and that and on that other front of not not preoccupying yourself with fitting in the world you'll never fit in with the world and uh, and I love you for that I, I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you won't and uh, I'm glad that like because you're that way you will understand when I do things that uh, and make decisions that go counter to what the world would have you do. Thanks, Jason, for doing this. I appreciate you, man. I hope it was good, man. <laughs>that are enjoying this so far um the voices you are hearing are the voices of sunny and priscilla negali <laughs> and i said it very italian like <laughs> put your fingers up right. um they are uh the sister and brother-in-law of my girlfriend stephanie Madella. And uh, a big reason why, and I told them this before we started recording, the big reason why I wanted them to be on this year's episode was I think outside of Stephanie, they have been the biggest um, influence in terms of new additions to my life this year. And I definitely wanted to capture that as I recap this year on my birthday. Um so thanks one thanks you guys for doing this appreciate you guys thanks for having thanks us thanks for having us <laughs> <laughs> and as and as we are recording Abby 
Little <laughs> Abigail is with us. Say hi, say hi, Abby. Say hi, Abby. <laughs> she's just grabbing the mic <laughs> it's not food right please don't eat it <laughs> it's not mine I gotta return this stupor <laughs> um, but yeah how, how are you guys doing you guys doing great you guys had a nice little cool out Sunday after you know late night yesterday yeah <laughs> yeah it was we needed this day day of rest thank Thank you, God, for this <laughs> Sabbath day of rest and his grand plan. <laughs> so I guess I should probably start from uh, the beginning when we first got introduced. I first met Priscilla first um, when I first met your parents. Oh, uh, yeah. Now that I was know, the first yeah. time I met your parents and you were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, OK, two birds, one stone. Get yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, get to knock that out really fast. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure Stephanie mentioned me before all this to you guys. So what was said before <laughs> leading up, before you guys met me? Steph's pretty like, she keeps everything pretty close to the vest. So mm-hmm. I don't remember her actually telling me anything. <laughs> you know what? I don't think she told you anything. She did tell me, though. And... So Steph actually took a little break from online dating because she's just like she she hits like kind of a, a a rough spot where there's like the guys are just jerks and you're just like no mm-hmm. why waste my time and it feels like every guy you're swiping on mm-hmm. is that same kind of way so she's like I'm gonna take a break and I think you guys met in the like January or February like early this year. Yeah, it was like uh, it's like around March ish. March, okay. Yeah. It was early. I know because I was still, or like I just left my parents' house from having Abby in December 2020, <laughs> and she's like, I went back on the apps, and I was like, you did. And I was so proud of her because like during the whole Christmas time, mm-hmm. she was just like focused on Abby and being a aunt mm-hmm. and you know learning that whole thing, and she showed me her pictures, mm-hmm. and she's like, we're gonna go out. I was like, he's cute. He seems really <laughs> nice. And like, I think you just had your brother's wedding. Yeah. So you had all those really, you guys all looked really handsome mm-hmm. and dapper. And she's like, I don't know. I knew him from high school and he was really nice. But she never told me that she actually had a crush on you back then. <laughs> so that was all news to me. That's news to me too. What you yeah. t- <laughs> And she told me you like did podcasts and things like that. And I didn't really know how much a part of that was a part of your life mm-hmm. until I met you but she just said she was nervous about meeting you but she was excited because you guys knew each other mm-hmm. and then she's like I'm bringing him to meet my parents or our parents and I was like whoa <laughs> this is a big deal then and I was just like really excited to meet you so I knew mm-hmm. if she's bringing you that you meant a lot and you were you're special hmm. you know she told me that she had never brought a guy to meet you know her parents never. and i was like okay well <laughs> you were like the early ticket yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, i mean like she waited six months like yeah i felt like it was like i mean it wasn't like immediately mm-hmm. but probably faster than any other guy <laughs> and i think uh a piece of this 
in terms of like Sonny, which I think is super interesting, is when Sonny found out it was me. Yeah, that, that she was dating. So, how did that conversation come about, and how did that go, Sonny? <laughs> I think uh, like Steph had come over to see Abby and just hang out, and she mentioned the name Tony Gill. We I was were just at like, dinner. Oh, we were at dinner. Remember with uh, Sweetie and Purse, and we were talking about her dating Anthony Gill, and you were like, "Wait, Tony Gill." We were at Moretti's. Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> And then, no, I made the connection pretty quickly yeah. once she mm-hmm. said Anthony Gill. And then I got, I was like, I'm in love. Fangirling <laughs> from that moment on. He's like, you have to make this work. <laughs> it's Swipe right. Swipe right. That's <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised that Sonny heard of you. Not to say, like, mm-hmm. you know, I just am so removed from that space, so I don't even know. I mean, it's only, like, it's only, like, a select group of, like, people in Chicago that Elite would... company. Right, that would actually know, you know, who I am and what I do. <laughs> well, I mean, it was, like, everyone that I've spoken to so far heard, has heard of you before, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I actually met you, right. so... I mean, that kind of sounds does a lot, at least in my little circle. <laughs> yeah, I was really mm. excited, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was, and I was happy that she was happy, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, no, I was thoroughly pleased. <laughs> um, and then I meet your parents, and then you, and I knew she had to come. I mean, she was just so nice, like. The, the whole time I knew her, she was just abnormally nice, like too nice for a freshman to be, you know. Um, so I knew that kind of led me to believe like she she has a good family. Um, and it was like that. It was it was really, really easy. Like our first conversation, it was we had a lot of laughs. Um, I wasn't nervous, you know, oddly enough. I know like a lot of people like kind of go into that, mm-hmm. you know, nervous. But like I, I felt 100 percent comfortable like going into that day and you guys were just great Aww. like I, I took out time that day uh from work like just a few hours um because i had to pick her up picked her up from the airport she was yeah. in new york mm-hmm. um and then we went straight over there and like you guys were great and i was like wow this is i can see myself like being a part of like this family Aww. like Not just after job, huh? yeah <laughs> wow and then when, when i met sunny like that just kind of sealed it. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Look at that! You have that effect on people. <laughs> like, like you, you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to um, you know a couple of my family members like later on, and they'll, I'm, they'll tell you like once I like met Sonny and we started talking, I was like, you guys gotta meet Sonny. Like he's just great. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, as, and as I seen. For these last six months that I've known you guys, um, it's been really profound. Just individually, you guys are great people, um, but together, like your marriage is really, really great from what I can see. Um, and again, I don't know everything, you know, <laughs> but like you guys really, I really, really respect what you guys are and have been in your marriage and as parents. Um, and that's like a big reason why. I, you guys have been so influential 
like to me in the short time that we've you know known each other um, because I, I seen it and you know I, I like to sit back and watch you know people um, just see how they react and you know when when Abby's crying or you know this 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 little you guys haven't you know fought in front of me but you know there's little disagreements and stuff like that how you guys handle yourselves like it's never like shady like or anything like that or smart remarks is just little things and you guys figure it out and you guys are happy at the end of the day so like what where does that come from for you guys um i think to be completely honest it's all priscilla (laughs) she is just wonderful (laughs) And uh, I am lucky to be married to her. (laughs) (laughs) She see, I mean, she covers a lot of my weaknesses. And uh, she just does so much. And I'm forever grateful to God and then to her. (laughs) That's way too sweet, (laughs) Sonny. I, I think like I mean that I I appreciate you saying that but there is a lot of like this aspect of teamwork like especially when it comes to Abby you know we have like a whole routine you know even though when even when he's at work and he gets home it's like the first thing he asks is like what's next for Abby and it's it's never a thing of like I'm tired I need to I need to just watch tv tonight or i need to just not do this today he's always been involved especially when it comes with abby stuff and having like a partner is very crucial i think because i think for marriage you know it's one thing to have you know just you and your spouse and you're getting along well i remember last year being so much fun even though i was pregnant like we would go out to eat all the time we didn't have any like thing to tie us down or what what, you know now we have so many things to think about when it comes to abby and it's like things can get really hard because you can't just at a drop of a moment just do whatever you want as abby does whatever she wants right right now (laughs) everything is revolved around her and her schedule and how much can we push it even like last night Mm mm-hmm you know, she hit her limit and having someone like Sunny to be a leader to say, recognize that moment, like last night is a great example and say, you know what? <laughs> she hit her <laughs> limit. We got to go. Mm-hmm. Like, And just to take that lead and that charge instead of I like that he does that. And I like that he's decisive and he makes decisions for our, on behalf of our family. And even in those times when. Another thing I think that is like really important and it sounds maybe a little cliche is just like putting God in the center. We like there's days where I'm like so exhausted just being home with Abby all day and whatever else is going on and he'll just he'll say, Let's pray. You know, we have we try to do a family prayer every night and he says it and sometimes I'm like like, I don't want to. <laughs> I'm tired. I literally just want to watch TV. Mm-hmm. Or I just want to, like, take a nap. But he is like, no, we have to do this. So having that leadership quality, you want that in a husband. 
as the head of your house, someone who can just lead in that way and be the decision maker who knows what's best for his family. Hmm. I think that for me, it's like it's I submit to that or, you know, as the Bible says, it's not in a bad way. It's just I know he's making the best choice for us. Hmm. And I'm not worried about it because I know he's right like it is time for abby to go home even though i wanted to hang out with everyone last Mm -hmm. night but we got to think about our family right now and that's i'm glad that he does that and he takes that initiative to care for abby and me first that is very profound and i think that's a lot of what but one i'll take it from because i am a man i'll take it from Mm -hmm. that male perspective of leading a family in prayer and leading a family in worship um, and having that be the centerpiece of uh, your family because a lot of people don't do that you know anymore Um, Sonny what why do that when it is normal just to not have that aspect in your life and in your family's life um, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I hated it when I was a kid too. I hated mm-hmm. coming to family prayer, and my parents would always make us come up. This is before you can pause TV. Mm-hmm. Like, especially like Monday nights, we used to always watch wrestling, and mm-hmm. right before the main event, my parents would call us up. <laughs> but now look, looking back I was just like uh, I'm glad that they made us come up mm. I'm glad that uh, we prayed every night and it's kind of set the tone for us now because we want to set an example for Abby mm. and she's she's the most important right now she's the franchise <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's it's good for her to see both of us do this every night. Like, we'll rock her, and then we'll pray. So she sees what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And then she'll see the both of us at the very end recite the Our Father together. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a, something else that we say afterwards to affirm our faith. And she's looking at us the whole time until she falls asleep. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important, and... I don't know. I just want Abby to know the Lord, and I want her to grow up um, knowing his ways, reading his word. Yeah, that's what I want for her. <laughs> um, how everything is, obviously, once you have a child, is everything is, you know, preserving, raising, growing um, that child. How do you guys make sure that your relationship isn't engulfed with having a child um, because the, the initial instinct is just do whatever we need, right? To do for mm-hmm. our baby and our child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sometimes that can weigh on the relationship between the married couple. So how do you guys, you know, remain conscious of that um, and like recognize it when you feel like okay, we may need a date night or, you know, we may need some, you know, time, you know, together. Like, how do you guys, like, manage that part? We're still figuring that out ourselves right now. Mm. 
Yeah, I don't think it's perfect. I don't know if anyone has ever figured it completely out. Mm. It, the, the thing is, it, especially when you have a child that is younger, it is a sacrifice to make sure that Abby's okay. Because someone, something's got to give. Mm. You know, we're only human. We're only one person. And we only have, like, really the ability to give, like, 100% to whatever we're doing at the time and if it's abby which it always is (laughs) it's gonna be her but yeah it's like recognizing that like you know what we've gone the whole week we haven't really had moment a moment to ourselves the biggest thing for me is realizing communication is key and i think like not to like you know diss my parents marriage but i know like a lot of things my mom didn't speak up too about like things that were bothering her and she just was like things will like figure itself out and it usually did mm-hmm. but i think you know some of the things that i think especially like indian women are more you know quiet about what they're feeling or how things could be better and it doesn't like lead to a thriving marriage it's just like getting by mm. and i don't want that i love Sonny I you know the thing about him is like he always has a thankful heart and I really love that about him because there's so many things about in life that can bring you down and I'm one of those people that can be like glass half empty a lot but if I keep weighing that in and like holding that against him he can lose that thankfulness and that gratefulness that he just always has and I think like, but being communicate, communicating with him, being clear on, you know what, things are kind of, I need time with you, or I need us to have a date night, or, you know, just things like that. You got to be open, have that open communication and not feel like I need to tiptoe around her feelings. I don't want to hurt his feelings. You should just be able to be honest. This is the one person that you should be able to just be completely honest hmm. because it's for your marriage, it's for your family. That's what I've been like looking at, just being honest, <laughs> <laughs> being able to communicate openly. Hmm, okay. And I'm glad she shares that with me hmm. because there are a lot of things like as guys, like we, we like we've had our moms take care of everything (laughs) and it's not fair Mm -hmm. for just one person to do some of these uh things and so Priscilla's made me aware of like tasks that I could do to contribute Mm -hmm. that are easy to help her out Mm -hmm. and so I'm glad she voiced her opinion and told me what she wanted uh, what she needed from me and Mm -hmm. yeah no communication is huge and I think your original question was about like date nights and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I miss, I miss those days. Like, I mean, every week I feel like we used to go out to a nice dinner. Mm-hmm. But would I change what I have now for that? No way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with the occasional month, uh, one day a month where we can go out to dinner. I'm grateful to you guys. Yeah. You guys have babysat. <laughs> Having family and friends that 
we can lean on for those moments, especially it's like where I know like if we're out. Oh, sorry. If we're out <laughs> and I know that you and Steph are watching Abby, like mm. I don't have to worry like every five minutes. Is she OK? What if something happened? Should I call them? Should I text mm. them? Like, I don't worry about that. And having that kind of support group is important for a marriage, too. You need that. You need that help. That's the that's the truth. <clears throat> Hope everybody was listening to that. That was a lot of knowledge that was just dropped right now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a big reason why I'm interviewing them. So yeah, this, this is going to be you know more of these gems as we kind of go along. Um, so from you guys' perspective, first meeting me, what were your thoughts? I couldn't wait to just like find out all everything about the score <laughs> the guys that i've grown up and listened to since 92 where they are now mm -hmm. like all the internal beats mm -hmm. and uh how you uh interacted with so-and-so mm -hmm. and uh yeah i got all the dirt from you so <laughs> i hope i didn't disappoint no no <laughs> So initially there was that we bonded over that and I've got to, I don't know, we, I, it's more than just sports with us. I feel mm -hmm. like sports is a big part because we're both such huge fans, Yeah. but we've bonded, talked over other things too. Mm -hmm. I feel like, and our relationship has grown. How long have you guys been dating now? Uh, we just made six months the 28th of oh, October. Oh, so thank you. Thank you guys. I feel Appreciate like it's it. been longer. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've known you for a long time. Yeah. And I guess that's, those are signs of like a good growing, developing kind of familiar relationship. Mm -hmm. um, but press, I was meeting you and your parents at the, at the <laughs> same time. So yeah, that first time I was really excited because Steph was excited mm -hmm. and she like she said like she has not met like no other boy that she's dated mm -hmm. has met my parents like this so this was a big deal and the first thing i can tell is just like how respectful and kind you were you just had this like gentleness about you that i it's not like i was thinking you were gonna be this like brash like <laughs> jump in just sit on the couch and just be like yeah whatever <laughs> like but you were just like very respectful towards my parents and it was like it, it felt like i don't know i i you earned my respect in that sense like mm -hmm. i was just i felt like this was a good guy like steph brown good guy <laughs> and then the way you were just taking your time, especially with my dad, like he can make you repeat yourself a hundred mm. times sometimes, or he just like, he loves to talk and you were just giving him every moment, all your attention. And I just felt so good about that because especially like listening to the stories of my dad, mm -hmm. he loves sharing them. Yeah, He just needs someone to like, listen. <laughs> And I'll tell you, like, me, person, stuff are probably not the best listeners at times because we're just like, okay, get on with it. But you didn't ever show, like, any kind of moment where you're, like, over it or, you know, I got to go checking your watch. Mm -hmm. Like, you were giving him all your time. And then I come to find out you weren't even, like, I thought you took the day off, but I think you just, like, came during a break or yeah. something. <laughs> and I was like, wait, <laughs> 
this is like he has to go back to work now and you weren't rushing like you could have that's a legitimate excuse i gotta get mm. back to work but you didn't say mm. that and even after we were like wait you have to go back to work you were just like oh it's not a big deal i i want to do this i want to meet you guys and that just made such a big impression on me that you that first of all like stuff means that much to you that you want to meet who are part of her family mm. and have that relationship from the start i mean that says a lot about who you are and what stuff means to you and just like again like how respectful and just your conversation just flowed so easily i think you mentioned that too mm. it was just so easy and everything we talked about felt familiar it felt like old memories and things like that and then when you came over here and sunny got to meet you mm-hmm. i'm telling you he was so excited he wanted to put out like the full spread for you and we were like watching you guys from the window <laughs> at the gate we'll buzz you up you like <laughs> we all, we saw you even before you buzzed mm-hmm. but it's just that it seeing you with sunny i brought like a different dynamic you know mm-hmm where you guys were able to talk sports and be like more laid back but like both of you are very knowledgeable on a lot of you know different sports stuff <laughs> whereas like me and stuff i don't really contribute like i wouldn't be able to have that kind of conversation with sunny mm-hmm. so to see you interact with him like that i felt like that was awesome that sunny has someone like that now where he can speak to someone in that level and have a actual meaningful conversation and enjoy like sunny doesn't like a lot of people <laughs> and I, I i don't mean that exactly but he, he no, just like takes to, a lot yeah like it, i think that's another thing that i appreciate about sunny is like i like really authentic people that don't hide how they feel and and say what they mean and then mean what they say um, I have a lot of respect. My father is like that. Like the people that I keep around me are like that. Uh, and Sonny just is like that. Yeah. Uh, and I like you don't have to be chummy with everybody if you look at that character and you're like, no, I'm not. I don't like this person. Um, and it's not like in any of a you know mean way, you know, or anything like that. Because you know, you gotta be, you still got to be Christ-like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's more of okay. I see how you you know move, and I see you you know who you really are. Yeah. And I don't need that in my life or around my family and like i appreciate that yeah and that's funny and the fact that you were it was like an instant connection Mm -hmm. that was a huge sign for me about your character and how you fit into our already like mold of family or whatever with Mm -hmm. like steph there it's like if she's bringing someone i know i can trust this guy because he you know she brought you but to have that connection also with my husband, mm-hmm. that was like a whole nother level that I was like, okay, he's a real deal. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess um, when I finally decided like March of 2020 um, that, okay, I think it's time for me to start seriously dating mm. um, and like looking to, you know, find you know a potential wife. <clears throat> um I would always pray and ask God for, like, just give me obvious validation. Like, I'm an idiot. Like, I need obvious validation or, like, this is the person not for me. Um, And as much as some of that hurt, like, for the year, you know, in between, you know, that making that 
decision and then meeting Stephanie, like as much as that hurt, I appreciated it that God was making it obvious. Nope, this person isn't for you. And I'm going to make it stupidly obvious. She's going to treat you like crap <laughs> or, you know, just any other situation. Um, and then, you know, meeting Stephanie or reconnecting with Stephanie, um, it's just been getting just constant validation. And one of those things was you guys. <laughs> one of those avenues of validation was getting along because that's hugely important is how do I react and how do they react to me of potential in-laws um, and it's been smooth like the whole time um, you know even with you know purses which is you know you guys sister um, and Ubby and your parents and your cousins like Every right, <laughs> um, and it's too. <laughs> and everybody has been so welcoming and warming, and I've got along with you know everybody you know so far. Like I don't know the conversations that you guys have had, like when I'm not in the room, but um, from my end, everybody has been just so welcoming and great, and they feel like family already. Mm, that's awesome. I'm glad, Anthony. <laughs> I'm really glad. Thanks, guys, for doing this. Yeah. I appreciate you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no, thanks for doing this. This was fun. I've never done this before. Can we do another? <laughs> and this was Abby's first, too, right? Yeah, say hi, Abby. Hi. <laughs> now you want to be cool. It's <laughs> not a lollipop. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, you. man. Love you, too.